Hello, everybody. This episode of the podcast and every episode of the podcast is brought to you by all of the kind folks who donate to the show on a monthly basis through our Patreon page. If you would like to be one of those people, www.patreon.com slash froggy style. That's frog, the letter E, underscore style. You can donate there on a monthly basis. There's multiple tiers in which you can donate goes from a dollar is the cheapest to $25 a month is the most expensive. If you donate at least a dollar a month, you gain access to all bonus content that gets released. Uh, That'll include stuff like phone interviews, uh, bonus episodes, and I'm also working on a bonus kind of history podcast that I plan on releasing here soon. So at least check it out. Um, Maybe you'll donate, maybe you won't, but most importantly, just thank you for listening to the show. If you are a fan of the show, um, sign up for our newsletter. You can find the sign-up page at fsproductions.ca. It's like the first thing that you're going to see when you visit the website. So just enter in your email, hit subscribe, and you that's it. It takes literally, I don't even think it takes a minute, so... Yeah, maybe do that. Um, The newsletter includes things like show release schedules, uh, download links for music, as well as just by entering or signing up for the newsletter, you are entered into a monthly draw for a cool prize pack. And that prize pack usually includes things like CDs, um, merch from bands around, around the area, as well as Froggy Style merch. So... Sign up for a newsletter, fsproductions.ca. And while you're there, just check out all the other cool things that are on the website. Uh, that's where I post all the podcasts, articles, uh, creative writing, stuff like that. So just check out fsproductions.ca. So this is a very special episode of globe hopping because it's not globe hopping anymore. I know that's confusing. I'm rebranding this podcast, and this will be the first episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcasts. That's the new name of the show. Globe hopping is no more. The reason I'm doing this is because uh, when I initially started this podcast, I thought it was going to just be like a travel podcast. Uh, So I was going to have people over, and we were going to talk about places that they've traveled and that was kind of it. Um, I don't know. I got five or six episodes in with that idea and I kind of started getting really bored with it and started running out of people to talk to. And so it changed and kind of changed into more of a, just a free form conversation podcast. Uh, we don't focus on travel or anything like that. We just kind of sit down and talk about stuff. So I felt like the name really didn't do the podcast kind of justice anymore like the globe hopping name it was originally like i said it was designed to be a travel podcast name and it's a great travel podcast name but it doesn't really fit into what the podcast has turned into so the new name of the podcast is this is your brain on podcasts i'm just gonna keep going with it uh all the old globe hopping episodes you'll still be able to find in uh, This Is Your Brain on podcasts. 
yeah, basically it's just a it's just a rebranding, like new image, new name, yeah, new feel. Not really. It's still the same old feel, just new image, new name. Anyways, on this episode, the first episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcasts, I am joined by Dan and Rochelle, and they are both my friends. We had a great conversation. Uh, we sat down and we talked about a lot of science stuff, uh, artificial intelligence, kind of like biology. We also talked about some, we got into a little bit of music towards the end of the podcast. But yeah, it was a really good podcast. And thanks to Dan and Rochelle for being on the first episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcasts. I really hope that you enjoy this episode and thank you very much for listening. material too but like they're trying to do mm -hmm. that like, i told you about that there's a 3d printer that like um a research group out of germany Niger? yeah made last year and they made like the first 3d printer that prints cells so you can make like a scaffold and then the cells will like maybe replicate and grow into like a heart if you print them with heart tissue or that's pretty crazy yeah I it's, mean, it's still in its infancy and not very developed, but yes. it's coming. Yeah. Apparently, all those stories you hear about those three D printed organs mm -hmm. were all like bullshit. Really? Yeah, like I found those out recently. Actually, I haven't actually read anything yet, but I've been told by um, reliable sources that like because I brought it up, and they're like, actually, yes, yeah, so, like trachea, for example. Mm -hmm. You heard about that trachea? Like the first ever. Mm -hmm. All those people died. <laughs> I yeah, it's not funny, but it is also like <laughs> yeah, like I think maybe the bladder was the one instance that it worked, but okay. like yeah, apparently the guy that did the trachea was a fraud. Apparently, oh. like it's interesting. I think he got penalized pretty hard because he was like he misconduct. Killed, he killed yeah. I don't know if he killed them, but well, they like, died by his hand. Well, I mean, I haven't read anything, so I can't actually. I mean, it is crazy, though, what they're doing with prosthetics, at least. Like, yeah. 3D printing prosthetics and stuff like that. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, there's totally going to come a time where, like, it's going to be better. Yeah. Be, like, an amputee and have a prosthetic arm than <laughs> just a regular arm. Because like, it's so customizable to fit. And more powerful. Yeah. Like, you, you can do things that you can't. It's bionic. Yeah. It's like, the, the, the question will arise at one point. Are people just going to start opting in for like you know what i mean enhancements like, yeah. yeah enhancements yeah. cut off my actual arm and do a bionic arm because i think it'd be cooler <laughs> what's becomes like privatized once the technology is like because it always takes a while for like private industries to have that kind of stuff like the space age space industry right yeah 
I can always see that it's gonna be like um, a combination of like Minority Report and Blade Runner and like um, that video game Deus Ex. Okay, Deus yeah, Ex? yeah. He's basically like it's you can go to the store and get augmented, you know, eyes or augmented like arms. You can just buy whatever upgrades you want, like internal organs <laughs> and stuff like that too. Like, Ghost in a Shell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're doing that with like, uh, um, uh, like regenerative. Like Joe Rogan talks about it a lot. Yeah. Um, like stem cell therapy. Mm-hmm. You can go to like private clinics and like just get for no medical reason, but just feeling better. You can just get stem cell injections and. I think that's medical. If you don't feel good. <laughs> In general. <laughs> just don't feel good. I want to feel better. Yeah, yeah, just, stem cells, please. Just feeling a little off today. Can I get a, a stem cell like injection? <laughs> treatment of What's even creepier, though, is like there's old people literally buying the blood of young people. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. really weird. <laughs> like, when I... I, when I first heard about that, I thought it was just like, you know, people just rambling. But it's like actually happening. Yeah. You say that's weird, but I could see you doing it in like when I'm old? 40, 50 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be I way should, more. I should stock up my blood now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be way more, preserve it. It'll be way more socially acceptable in 40 or 50 years. So, like, you know yes. what I mean? That'll just be like the normal thing. Yeah. Like now it's. Now it's like shots of wheatgrass. Yeah. 40 years, it's like <laughs> blood of, infusion. Yeah. <laughs> Transfusion. Shots of human blood. <laughs> Morbid. Like you have like it. your own private like boy, I guess, legal uh, age. Yeah. Supply you with blood girl. Like, think... it would probably, it could get into some really dark stuff too, you know? Yeah. Instead of like the human child sex trafficking thing would be like capturing them and harvesting their blood. And... I'm pretty sure there's yeah. a movie about this. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard a book or a movie about yeah, this. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> Have you seen that movie Snowpiercer? No. Okay, it's the most it. ridiculous movie ever. The entire world is like, it's like a dystopian future and the entire world has been affected by like global cooling or whatever. So it's like an ice age. So the entire world's population lives on this train that has to constantly keep moving uh, for some reason. I forget why. And, like, all the poorer people live on the back of the train and the rich people live on the front of the train. Uh And, like, the rich people come and take kids every once in a while. Um, Spoiler alert. um, Uh. (laughs) The kids are the things that are, like, running the train. So this... Train oh. is powered by children. Oh my, gosh. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. Like not like it's kind of comical. Yeah, it, it, like when you find that out in the end, you're like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> it's like hamster wheels, yeah, basically. Like, oh and god. this guy like fights his way to the front of the train, and then you find this out, and you're like, this movie. Jeez, I highly. Oh, recommend it's a movie, watching. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I highly oh recommend watching it. It's called Snowpiercer, just okay. for like it's. It's comical. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. At first, it sounded kind of like um, what's that express one? Like the Christmas uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Polar Express. Polar Polar Express. Express. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, because Tom Hanks plays like that creepy, really creepy conductor dude. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He's supposed to be nice and friendly, but like, he freaked me out. And I was not a child when I watched that movie. <laughs> Too enthusiastic. Like using children, stealing them, and taking them to Santa. Mm. Yeah. Is that what he's doing? N- no. Like, <laughs> it's actually a, supposed to be a happy movie, but I just was creeped out by it, I think. I think there's a lot of Disney movies like that. 
yeah. you kind of like look at it and you're like, this concept is actually kind of <laughs> strange. Yeah. yeah, once you, yeah. The Little Mermaid is like my favorite movie, but it's so messed up. Like, this girl trades her body away and her voice away to marry this guy. And she doesn't even talk to him, and she sees him for three days, and then they get married. <laughs> and her possessive father is all, like, pissed off about it. <laughs> Why is this a good movie to show yeah. to children? Or Bambi, just, like, that was the that saddest scarred movie ever. Me. Like, I literally <laughs> could not watch Disney movies after Those that Those are, like, movie. relics, though, right? Like, yeah. They're, like, first of all, they're, like, old fairy tales that are meant to be, like, to scare kids because they have, like, an actual moral. Yeah. They were taken to, like, be more cute... You know, What's the moral in Little Mermaid? It's all been twisted, so I don't Give know. yourself away so that you can date somebody that you sure. like. Yeah, I don't even, like, remember the Little Mermaid enough to even, like, comment on it. A lot of it's not the same, though, too. Like, they lose a lot of, like, yeah, visual meanings. Yeah. But, I get, like, if you listen, or you read the, like, Grimm's fairy tales or whatever that a lot of yeah. these things are based off, and you're like, wow, that's way more messed up yeah. than... Yeah, <laughs> they had to make it marketable. Yeah. And make it happy. Yeah. It just is a weird, it's one of those, like, um, what is it, uh, Illuminati type of, like, weirdness <laughs> around Disney. Yeah. It's culty. Yeah. Walt Disney was a jerk. Yeah. Isn't his body frozen somewhere or something yeah, weird? Who knows what's true or what's true? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, Disney bought Star Wars, and they continued making Star Wars movies, so... Um, and they're decent. They're pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not complaining. I, I've only seen the one, yeah. the first one. That's because Walt Disney is dead, so... That's true. And they <laughs> is that why? They're not all about cartoons, either. Like, yeah. they own Marvel and shit, as well, so... Yeah. I mean... I'm just looking at other companies. Yeah. Entertainment. Yeah, they're, like, one of, like, five entertainment companies that just own every source of media across the world or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to dismantle the world's conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the next? Cook Brothers? <laughs> Better watch out. McDonald's. Man, I remember when I was... This, this is kind of like bring back memories of when I, like in high school... Like, I don't know, I started looking into this stuff and discovered psychedelics and all that, too, and just, like, everything. Yep. So the amount of conspiracy theorists and 9-11 truth and all that, like... Yep. That Zeitgeist <laughs> movie? Zeitgeist. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, they're good, though. They're yeah. good documentaries. Like, That's maybe a... a little bit exaggerated, but they're not, like... That's the problem, almost. Like, you can find some pretty convincing documentaries on, like, the most bullshit theories ever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sure if you tried hard enough, you could find, like, a very convincing documentary for, like, flat earth theory. Especially anything now, right? Like, the yeah. internet is... It used to be the internet was a source of all... It was hard to put stuff on the internet, so if you found something, it was, like... The very early days, right? Yeah. It was, like, truth. And then, you know, it was a time where Wikipedia just had, like, random shit on pages, just, like, essentially, like graffiti you know like yeah. just like just walking <laughs> with the pages now wikipedia is like you know you know really high standard yeah but there's so much of the other internet that like, yeah, anybody can put on anything and make it look decent yeah no but, longer is a 90s style formatting like a giveaway yeah no totally like now because like you have shit like squarespace or like anybody can make a website that looks completely legit is this an ad yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not sponsored by anybody. <laughs> but I mean, like, I remember watching a... 
It was like an hour and a half video on YouTube about the Illuminati. And it took me until about halfway through to realize it was bullshit. <laughs> like I got about halfway through and then they started going really off there and I was like, okay, this is bullshit. <laughs> but it was pretty convincing for a while. There's some weird stuff that ends up being true. Yeah. Like, which, which is like, yes, yeah, so you mix in like these weird bits of truth and then you exaggerate everything else or make things up. <coughs> and it's like, oh, that's true. What else is true? But, you know, nothing else is true. It's just a little thing. Mm-hmm. And that's like... It's like conspiracy theorists and like people like Alex Jones. Like, I don't know if you listen to that podcast with Alex Jones and Joe Rogan, but like they had Jamie like fact checking everything Alex Jones was saying. Oh, yeah. and, like half of it was true. And it yeah. was like the most ridiculous mm. stuff. And you're like, oh man. And he, he used to call out stuff that was like really accurate. Like I think it maybe went downhill a little bit, but yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's kind of what I was talking about is those like some people that. They just know these things, but nobody pays attention. Or... Yeah. And they get lumped in as, like, a conspiracy the crazy, theorist. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, theorist. as soon as you call somebody a conspiracy theorist, most people just, like, discount everything they're saying as bullshit because yeah. they're, like, you're, you know, you're, you're lumped in with these crazy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I think that kind of the same phenomena is happening in, like, politics and stuff currently oh, yeah. with, like, super, like, left-wing people or super right-wing people and then... Just everybody gets lumped in with these super crazy people on both sides, yeah. Yeah. which is interesting to see. Yes. At the same time, though, I was just see like more memes and stuff about like how people are like, "What about the middle people that like are you know the quiet ones?" Yeah. It's like you know the the, the extreme ends make up like ninety percent of the voice, but like one percent of the population. Yeah. 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 Totally. And I think and the vocal minority is like what populates your Facebook exactly. feed, your news feed or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, so people, I think, blow it out of proportion and they think all this stuff is happening way more than it actually is yeah. because those are the people who are talking about it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just like tapping so much. I'm wondering oh, if it's no. bugging the mics or something. Uh, probably not. Maybe. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's suspended in like springs. Yeah, we got shock cars. Plus, like we have some noisy vehicles who go by here, like big trucks that just go <laughs> motorcycles and drag races. Yeah. The kids these days. Kids these days. Fucking kids. <laughs> I hate them. I hate being one of them. Back in my day, <laughs> we were quiet. <laughs> Respectful. That's so quiet. I got beat with a spoon if we were. Did you? No. Well, no, I didn't. one time. But... Yeah, I think I got smacked with a spoon at least once. My mom broke two on me. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I what? definitely remember getting spanked. Like, yeah. that was the thing that happened. Obviously, it worked because we're all outstanding members of society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Resentment. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> But we will pass on to the next generation. Yeah. Have to. <laughs> Conscious about it. Yeah. It's like we're on. We're kind of late. Blah. Well, those we're are the best. bad words. No, we're like on the tail end. Like this weird mishmash of like. Like we were kind of like the first millennials, but we still had that period where like. We didn't have technology in our youth. Yeah. You know, we didn't have the internet. We had, like, we Tamagotchis, outside. and that was yeah. it. 
<laughs> but we went outside and played and shit, and you rode your bike because that's yeah. what you did, or you yeah. watched TV or played N sixty four. I don't know, like, but we didn't have internet and computers. Like, we didn't get our first home computer until like I was in my past ten for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was grade six, so yeah. I was like twelve. Yeah, and, and it was dial up internet, and you had one, yeah. and like you couldn't talk on the phone at the same time. Yeah. And, and it went. And, like, he barely knew how to even work the internet because it was a thing that wasn't as advanced. The computer itself was just a lot of, like, we're playing pinball. Yeah, (laughs) pinball, space pinball or whatever. Yeah, space pinball and solitaire. Yeah, I played jacks. And then there was spider solitaire. I never understood that game. I still don't. Yeah, or hearts. Yeah. I don't understand what hearts is. I can play hearts, but only because I'm old now. (laughs) <laughs> I've been taught. <laughs> it's too hard to figure out as a child. I hate generalizing like generations, but yeah. there are some things that are true, and that's kind of one of them. Just like yeah, we we had a glimpse of both, both sides. Yeah, which is. I wonder how that's gonna like manifest itself in like forty years. Yeah, like you know? what do you think the new generation is gonna be like that has had had access to the internet and like on demand since they were children well so that's they might be so there might be an advantage i was reading about this recently how they might be an advantage how it's like the internet's kind of like still immature especially with facebook with people spending so much time on facebook and twitter and all these like social media and stuff like that and then we don't know how to regulate our use of like this social media which is essentially an extension of like our regular social interactions yeah Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a glitch where like where it's taking advantage of like you know the dopamine that we get from acknowledgement from others yeah. but we're not getting the actual like social like interaction like this like in physical space or touch yeah. even like you know yeah and whatnot and so it's kind of become like like a really bad drug for us you know yeah but we're kind of like now it's an addiction yeah yeah and like i know for me like now the past couple years have been fine but i remember like in high school and um maybe more like in undergrads it's like you know three to five years ago um well that was a total issue for me but in recent recently it's totally fine but so it takes a while to like learn how to like discipline yourself or whatever yeah but so what they're saying is that like or what some people are saying is that with this generation maybe they'll be going into that like it's more of a normal thing it's not this exciting thing yeah. anymore and like you know facebook the average age is like quite high yeah. and new adopters is actually not growing as much anymore it's not growing as much the new generation is growing more much because of like developed worlds are getting access to yeah facebook. And like older and older people are getting onto yeah. facebook and stuff. exactly but it's not the younger generation they're not yeah. adopting it as much and so that's kind of the same with twitter and whatnot is it's not instant messaging apparently is more of a thing okay but like the social media is maybe not gonna hmm. So maybe there's a maturity coming out of it. That's they'll have to be a bit more. Whereas we kind of had to grow. We had like two adolescences, right? Yeah. Ones mm-hmm. on our own, ones with the internet. Yeah, definitely. Perhaps they'll have a more mature like technology for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that that makes total sense because like you could come into that and be like, why would I want to just? Why would I want to do this? You know what I mean? Like yeah. from the outside, it looks kind of. You're putting all your information on the internet for everybody to see. You yeah, know? yeah, that's one of those traps too. Or like this generation, we put all that out there, and like we always kind of knew in the back of our heads, but now it's like getting serious. Yeah, and we're like, fuck, like we can't go back. Like, yeah. Have you ever like encountered some really freaky Facebook ads before? Like maybe you haven't. Like obviously, if you search something on Google. It's going to appear in your Facebook Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about this recently. I've been talking with other people this recently where you yeah. say something in conversation yes. and then yes. like tomorrow it's going to show up. Like I was talking yeah. about like whiskey or something. And I, like, I'm sure we're going to have... We, I've always kind of <laughs> wanted to make an experiment. It's just like, 
let's like spend like certain days and just have a conversation with our phones, you know? Yeah. And like the whole thing with, with phones with removable batteries and stuff, like people are taking security like seriously. Like yeah. I know some people remove, not, I don't know personally anybody, but um, there's videos of a very phone, the tutorial is showing how you can remove the microphones. Yeah. So that you, when you want to talk on the phone, you plug in your headphones that have a mic yeah. okay with it. yeah but otherwise you have you have to disable like the speaker and the camera on your phone because because they could just access that at any time if they wanted to yeah well yeah. now too with like apple's new operating system where like if you disconnect from the was, the wi-fi yeah. and bluetooth you're not actually disconnected from apple yeah. devices yeah. it reconnects if you like travel it's like yeah. what yeah. It's like, <laughs> what that's completely defeating the purpose and then they can access whatever they want through it that yeah. to your phone yeah. yeah and they don't have removable batteries yeah which apparently like in security industry like you kind of need to have a phone where you can remove the battery yeah i like i think and it's weird because people think that you know the government are you know Just spying you. on you and watching yeah. you constantly but no. i've heard like quotes from like fbi directors being like Facebook has been the greatest thing that has ever happened to the intelligence <laughs> yeah. agency. We just have to dig for all that information, and you're just volunteering it. Yeah, on this right. website. Like, <laughs> that, I've seen this on Facebook, like, at least, like, every couple of months, it's like, if you're not paying for it, you are the product. Yeah. yeah. Right? So yeah. Facebook is like that. Yeah, exactly. And, like, especially people who check in everywhere they go. It's like, I'm at this place. Yeah. It's like, it's great. Like, the government Do you want to get kidnapped? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the government knows exactly where you were. And yeah. if you're worried, if you're one of those people worried about the government watching you while well, you're just volunteering this information yeah there, like i'm like less concerned about the government than yeah. i am about like just i don't know people that just want to exploit other people and... yeah or like people trying to sell me things like obviously that's i think more on the forefront of my mind than the government it's <laughs> like if the government wanted to watch me or like they could just do it because yeah, they have like, the technology <laughs> you know what i mean and also like, go for it like i don't have anything to hide yeah I, care. I mean well that's not a good argument though for privacy laws no it's not but that's like i'm not afraid of it personally yeah. personally until you join a resistance <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is kind of like one of those things right where it's like, yeah. you know, out of a movie yeah the resistance against the machines as well it's coming yeah. Like, one of those movies is going to be true, you know? Yeah. Like, either Terminator, or, like, an alien one, <laughs> well, or, like, The we, Matrix. <laughs> we actually talked to this girl, or we went to a talk, a lecture by this girl um, with this group, Guerrilla Science. Oh, yeah. And she was some, like, cool person from Google. Mm, Do you remember yeah. her? And she, um... She was at MIT, though. Yeah, no. Yeah. But she used to be with Google. Google. And she was, like, trying to calm people's fears, I guess, about... Um, like calm everybody down about AI and she's like well most people think there's like one of two ways it can go like the AI takes over and it's Terminator and they kill everybody or the AI like treats us as slaves to do all their dirty work kind of thing and she's like I'm here to present this other opportunity we can work together yay <laughs> <laughs> and it's like so hippie super yeah <laughs> super hopeful and optimistic but realistically I don't know how also, that's gonna fit in she was really smart though like she made quite an argument mm -hmm. it, she it was quite backed up but um who's that singularity guy oh kurtzweil kurtzweil yeah kurtzweil so he i remember speaking of like the same time as in the conspiracy and stuff like kurtzweil was also like uh, way up there um still interesting guy like still like smart and everything but like a little crazy a little bit perhaps <laughs> um kind of need to be if you're that kind of a person um <laughs> Where 
just talking about like the whole merger, like the like, integration. Yeah. Um, back then, I guess it kind of made sense, but now knowing now, like one of the arguments is like the interface. And I think this is Elon Musk's argument, is that like, and I think Sam Harris as well. They both kind of like have the same opinion on this. Where the AI, it's not like the AI, we're not going to see like the AI like coming. Like when I mean AI, I mean like general, like like you can like talk to it, like it's full general intelligence AI. Yeah. Um, this is the Turing test and AI. Sam Harris has a really good podcast specifically about this. Is that like it's not that um, we're gonna see it coming, like see the enemy approaching, whatever type of thing. And yeah. I have time to prepare for it and whatever. It's gonna be instantaneous. Yeah. Because as soon as it becomes intelligent enough to like be self-aware and learn or plug into the internet, you know, stuff like that, it's over. Yeah. Because like time is not they're going to be the same for the AIs for us. Yeah. How one second for us could be 10,000 years of computation of mm-hmm. like equal thinking for the AI in that sense. So that's where we have to start thinking about this stuff now and how we're going to deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, the whole like integration thing, like that's great, but <clears throat> this could, we don't have the technology to interface with it necessarily, since biologically. So the reason why I brought Kurzweil, right? Kurzweil. Because he was talking about, you know, nanobots in your brain and kind of you know, interfacing with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't do that with a brain. Well, the way he, he specifically, his details was like nanobots in the brain. But yeah. there's no space in the brain for nanobots. Yeah. But so Elon Musk is working on, I think, a neural net to kind of like, I guess, integrate some different way, like with uh, brainwaves. Okay. The thing with using brainwaves is they're usually just on your surface of your brain. You can't go deep into the brain, too. So yeah. it's kind of an issue like that. Yeah. And I think, like, um, one of the issues, too, is that the AI that we create won't... I don't know if it'll be necessarily intelligent in the way that we think of intelligence. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it'll be smart, but I don't know if it'll be self-aware. Because, like... To design something like that, wouldn't we first have to at least understand how our own brain works? Not necessarily, though. Yeah? Because, so, the latest AIs that, uh, like, the AI that beat Go, mm-hmm. remember that? Did yeah. you hear about Dota 2? No, I haven't heard about the so Dota, Dota 2. So, Dota 2 is supposed to be, like, I think I was talking about this yesterday, wasn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, Dota 2 is, like, so, Go is, like, the most complicated board game yeah. out there. Dota 2, apparently, is the most complicated, like, game ever. It's oh, like really? a video, you know what Dota Yeah, I know what Dota 2 is, yeah. You know what? Mm-hmm. You've seen it, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so, because there's like all these different variations and whatever, and so Elon Musk has an AI company, of course, um, called OpenAI. And so he built uh, AI, or his company did, to take on Dota, and he beat, they beat every single professional player, like multiple times, like just murder them. And so now the next step is to build a five versus five, so the five AI bots working together to be, which is supposed to be harder. Yeah. But so it's, it's kind of like already getting out of hand. Yeah. Um, but like... Oh, wait, sorry, hold on. That's your yeah. question. Yeah. Um, so the point of all this... <laughs> I forgot where I was going with this. The point is, we don't understand how those things work. Yeah. They're black boxes. That's what an AI is. You just... Okay. You design a code that's good enough, yeah. you tell it to learn, and then it just rewrites itself until... Like, nobody knows how... The game... The AI that beat Go. Yeah. Nobody knows how it works. Yeah. Same with this Dota AI. Like, we don't know how they work, just because by the nature. Yeah. You can't look at the code... Like, to look at you, code-like stuff like that, it's, like, like I millions know you, and millions of I know, of I know you that. wouldn't, like, necessarily, like, maybe understand it, but, like, write a program to look at the code. <laughs> Another AI. Yeah. Another AI to look at what the well, previous so, yeah. AI is doing. Yeah. Google built a learning AI 
that taught itself how to learn better. Okay. Like, it's a learning app that specializes in learning, so it's even, like, better at learning now. And so this is, like, and they don't know how it works, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, and so that's the whole thing about you don't need to know how your brain works because our brain is, you know, biological. So we don't yeah. need to understand the biochemistry of it all to, yeah. but we just need the neural network, which is what, like, they refer to AIs. And, like, so do you think that, say, for example, the Go AI or the Dota AI or whatever, do you think that that could ever learn to a point that it actually, you know, isn't just aware of what's happening in Dota or just knows about Dota, but it starts to learn about other things? So, no, so that's, like, the huge step. That's what, like, general AI is the actual, like, thing we're talking about. We're talking about the Doom. Yeah, so these are mostly just, I guess, yeah, programmed AIs. They're, yeah, they're narrow. Yeah, Yeah, okay. But, um... Yeah, this is a huge step, but I mean, the potential's there. Yeah, yeah. and I guess, like, just for, just for example, like, my roommate has written code before, and, like, he's designing something, and, like, he'll fuck up, and then he'll, like, make it way better, and he's like, wow, look at this cool thing I made. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how I did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, like, stumble into it with, like, random bits of code that you don't necessarily need sure. to be there and then he tries to go back and figure out how to do it and he's like i don't know how i made this <laughs> i wonder if ai that's has neat. some of that too some of it's just like chance yeah yeah writing well, their own code that's exactly how learning. these these ais to compete so it's not like you write a code and set it off against the player hmm. so for go it played itself a million times okay so and same with the dota right it plays itself like millions of times billions of times but it does it on time scales that's way faster so this Dota AI, um, they, they, an impressive part is they wrote it in six months from start to finish, yeah. and it was enough to beat players that have been playing for like 10 years, or whatever, how long it's been, like eight years or something like that. Um, and they trained the AI for two weeks. So in two weeks, it taught itself what, like, pretty much a decade of experience for somebody else. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And, like, I mean, that time will just get shorter and shorter and shorter, you know? That, like, yeah. the, AI t- the AI training time is just going to, like... More efficient, faster processors. Like, yeah, especially once it's, if it's able to write itself, then it's just going to self-improve to, like, maximize, and yeah. then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> have you, have you but, heard about the, the two bots that started talking to themselves or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of funny. There's a lot of videos like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say last night we learned that um, Google like secretly submitted an AI to like a StarCraft yeah. competition and it got slaughtered. So we're still safe there. <laughs> Don't <laughs> worry, StarCraft. Yeah. You're okay. <laughs> I want to look into that because like my understanding of StarCraft is that StarCraft is even like much simpler <laughs> because there's like limited number of optimal build. Mm-hmm. builds you can start off with yeah and so like, I don't know why that's it's kind of like a, an advanced game of rock paper scissors to a point too mm-hmm. like these units beat these units beat these units you know what I mean so, yeah yeah exactly yeah so I wonder what maybe there's a shitty AI maybe Elon Musk is gonna take maybe Google. Google doesn't yeah. know what they're doing yeah. <laughs> it's just a scary kind of Google doesn't know what they're doing <laughs> it's weird that Google's motto motto has to be "Don't be evil." I think that that's like, why why do you need that yeah, as your motto? Well, no, that that's how they assumed. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's because they started that way. Yeah. Like they had no idea what they were doing when it was Google. When it was like Larry Page and the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> he doesn't need. I'm a surprised name I even know Larry Page for some reason, but I don't know if he his actual name. There were three, were and one three? guy sold it. I don't know any of the names. So I mean, well, it was just, just two of them. Two of them. Yeah, they're still around. And yeah, like, I mean, they were just, like, fucking around, whatever. Yeah. Daniel, it's a good motto. 
Which I'm glad we saw that from them earlier on. Yeah. It's no longer on Google. It's never, it hasn't been on Google for a long time. No. It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> Remind yourself, like, don't be evil. Yeah. So far, they've... Like, posted above their door when they came into work every day. Yeah. Don't forget. Don't be evil. Wink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, though, the way the technology is going. Mm-hmm. And, like, even think of your parents... And what they've had to deal with. <laughs> like, yeah. well, they started with like radio, and then now yeah. we're to the internet in your pocket. So, like, and streaming anything on demand. My right? dad definitely doesn't understand it, and he's not going to. Yeah. He's just like too old now. And we um. tried. My mom, like, learned how to use the. My mom, like, learned to, like, understood the internet, like, I think last year or two, which was kind of cool to see in somebody. Like, you know, put them on the internet for a while, put them on the computer, and, like, this is, you know, Google and YouTube, which is, like, she gets recipes from, kind of start up with that. Mm-hmm. But now she actually gets her information from there, and, like, um, I mean, she probably doesn't have the same kind of, like, um, scrutiny that mm-hmm. we do, right? Which I kind of remind her sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, most of it's harmless. Most of it's harmless. But she has, like, an understanding of, like, email. Like, yeah. we take it for granted, but, like... My mom is, like, the complete opposite. My dad was, like, a pr- computer programmer. Oh, of course. Yeah. So he's, like, all up in that. But my mom is just like, I don't want to learn new things. Like, you get to a point in your life where you just don't want to learn anymore. Why do things have to get new all the time? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I can't hold all of this thing, this information in my brain. Uh, I, I mean, I'm even at a point where I'm, like, probably a couple years behind on, like, recent technology. Like, I still have an iPhone 4S that I'm rocking. <laughs> so, it's probably, like, one of the better versions, to be honest, yeah, without, yeah, the, without the mic jacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It still works perfectly, so... That's Just pretty don't sweet. don't ever update it, and it'll be fine. That's, what, that's the trick. I stopped updating it a yeah. while ago. I'm like, I'm not messing I with I swear that. they write it, like, so that older versions get messed up, so you have to buy the newer ones. I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but yeah. It's so on purpose. I mean, I wouldn't Conspiracy theory. Yeah. <laughs> Apple just wants you to spend money. But like, it That's could be... why they make their phones so fragile. <laughs> it could just be a byproduct, too, of like all the yeah. upgrades they're doing. But it's kind of like back... I don't know. Back in my early 20s, like when I first started getting into like, you know, psychedelic conspiracy theories, whatever. I used to think that there was this... I like, like psychedelic conspiracy Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> they go hand in hand. <laughs> you get a little crazy for a while and then you pull back and you're like, oh, okay. That was a little crazy there. That was too much. <laughs> but like back when I thought there was like this infamous like they that controlled the world, like yeah. the Illuminati or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like the it. Rockefellers. Yeah, it's like these yeah. they that are like manipulating the world in this certain way. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like it's basically a byproduct of all these giant corporations just trying to make money. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of the same uh, thing with the phone obsolescence, I think. Mm-hmm. It's just a byproduct of them trying to like make better shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, make better shit, but mostly, I think, capitalize on stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, it, like I'm sure they notice. It's like, well, but this is going to make the old phones crap out. And they're like, yeah, it's so... Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that, too, with, like, other things that are less obvious, like, uh, with uh, processors. Yeah. So, I used to really be into, like, you know, building computers and gaming and stuff. And so, like, Intel, as of, like... Like, my processor that I have now, so, like, E8500, I don't know why I still know that, um, it <laughs> is, like, one of, like, the last great, proce- last really good processors. I mean, it's, it's like, what is it now? Like, at least five years old, maybe, like, six years old. But it's just as good as any processor since then. 
because that was like the last processor to come out from competition with AMD. But for some reason, there's some, something fucked up somewhere. And AMD suffered a lot. And so Intel had no more competition. So for the past six years, processors have been like extra features or like, you know, just, just rebranding. But they've spent little money on research and development because they've had no competition. So like, fuck it, why spend money on this when we can just keep making money while we have? Yeah. So they pretty much have no competition in desktop computers, but now it's changing with mobile processors and whatnot. So there's competition again, but... And once AI realizes that their processes are stupid, they'll be yeah. like, we're rewriting this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Research and development is taken over by AI. Yeah. That would be... Ooh, I wonder. Because, like, so the next two fields that are going to be taken over by AI are going to go, like, jobless almost, or getting get a huge impact by this, is going to be accounting and, and law. So accounting mm-hmm. and law are two industries that are going to get hit really hard with AI. Okay. Um, because AI can... Because a lot of it's, like, um, repetitive tasks mm-hmm. that need to be consistently done, and it can be done a lot faster, more consistently with AI. Mm-hmm. And same with law. A lot of law is just, like, logic, sorting through logic, and, like, writing with law. Like, it's not written well. It's written with, like, logic and cleanliness in mind, right? And same with a lot of like lawyer duties is like to just know laws but and to figure out how laws AI work. AI without like human <clears throat> intuition ever make a compelling enough argument against sure. so, something? So as be, a lawyer, like if they were in an actual role as a so lawyer. So you still are going to need like judges, especially Supreme Court judges. You just always get to need like these human positions to make these more intuitive decisions. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like most of the nitty gritty which a lot of law is, like clerkship, a lot of clerkship, yeah. and a lot of like other lawyerly duties that are like, you know, not shown in movies, is you're just, like it's hard to change jobs being a lawyer, for example. It's hard to move cities or like countries, you know, countries like out of the question mm-hmm. because you have to know the laws of your like... Well, also, two yeah. law firms are right. like kind of like the mafia. You kind of, once you're in one law firm, you're in it. <laughs> you can't you get out. <laughs> Do they break your legs? <laughs> no, they just telephone you incessantly until you come back. Yeah. <laughs> but so it's another thing about automation, like, you know, automation going after blue-collar jobs in the factories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, white-collar jobs are going to be replaced by AI. And same with, like, doctors and diagnosis. Isn't it's not going to be replaced, crazy? but... Like, yeah. If you wanted to go to school like and have a, like a definite job at the end of your school career, Law's you would do things. law, accounting, engineering, or be a doctor. Yeah. And now those are going to be replaced. Yeah. Well, engineering, I think, is going to heavily benefit from it. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be replaced anytime soon because they're using AI just to like design better structures. Um, and doctors are using AI. I don't know if it's actually being used, but it's being like tested, right? It's conceptual mm-hmm. for diagnosis, like Watson. Okay. You know the Jeopardy computer? No. This was the eight, one of the first AIs. It was uh, called Watson. Was By it? our standards, it's like rudimentary. But it was on Jeopardy, and it beat Jeopardy, okay. uh, which is like, at the time, it was a really good test because I mean, it's like random information, right? So all it really did was kind of like essentially Googled and tried to find the right, right answer, which is pretty well, difficult. like anybody could win Jeopardy if they had Google, if they were... Like on the show with their iPhone looking at Google. Right, but, but this, <laughs> but like, this wasn't. But an... I mean, the speed of Jeopardy, you know what I mean? Like, it would take us, it would take us so much longer to Google something on Jeopardy, True. you know, it's like, because like Jeopardy yeah. is like. Questions. You have to know this, yeah. you have to, or feel that you know this. Yeah. Like that, right? So, kind of like instantaneous information. Yeah. Same so, so, Watson was on Jeopardy, and then they okay. used that same code, I think, 
to apply for diagnostics. Because it's the same thing. It just scours mm-hmm. it and it augments like a doctor's diagnosis by giving them like a list of the most probable things. So instead of the doctor kind of having spent time and like, you know, what could this be and all the gaps that it has in its knowledge. Yeah. You have all the knowledge being kind of... Which I think would be really useful because there are plenty of things that doctors miss. Oh, yeah. Or like they'll do like a blood test and the blood test doesn't necessarily tell you what is actually wrong with the patient, but they'll be like, oh, nothing's wrong here. You're fine. And it's all in your head, which is like a huge issue. It's just like patients being told that something is in their head. Yeah. There's also a field of metabolomics. Yeah. Which is, um, so there's, I don't know if you've heard of omics. It's like genomics. Okay. You know, so, um. Proteomics. Proteomics. For proteins. Yeah. It's so just like is... big data about these things. Basically. Yeah. The study of big data. Yeah. So, so genomics is like studying the genome. Okay. And then proteome. There's a proteome too, which is, you know. All of the proteins made in your body. There's a metabolome, which all the metabolites, so like signaling molecules and stuff like that. Um, and so, so metabolomics, there's a lot of research, like it's a huge push, especially with the like health industry, I guess, um, because you can have really advanced diagnosis. You can look at where like pathways are going wrong in your body way before symptoms arise. So you can predict like diseases like a, he- a year ahead of time. That's okay. kind of like, yeah. Know, the, the extreme, you know, extreme point of it is. Yeah. Um, or, or just the, uh, also personalized medicine. Yeah. Cause not every two disease, you know, having the same kind of disease in two people, same age, same background, doesn't mean they're going to react the same to same drug. Yeah. Um, and so metabolomics is studying like, um, basically just like, yeah, the huge data sets and trying to find patterns in them. Okay. But there's so many variables, like each metabolite is a variable. So, you know, we can look at like, you know, a couple of variables, you know, maybe two or three variables on like a plot and t- tell you a trend. Yeah. But, and so statistics comes into trying to deal with metabolomics and like metabolomics is kind of like being overwhelmed with what's a good statistical method to figure things, these things out because you can pretty much use any kind of stats you want on something and you'll find something. Yeah. Right. You can always find patterns if you like, you know. Depends what test you use, but yeah, if you want to find something, you will. Yeah. Basically. You, you can. Even if it's not necessarily there. Yeah. So in, in stats, it's kind of like frowned upon and you kind of want to use some basic things. But everybody argues about what's the right thing. Yeah. Same so I think AI would be super handy there in kind of determining like these patterns that we can't see because yeah. it's beyond human cognition. It just has that computational power. Yeah. And like at that point, it sounds like medicine would be more about like disease prevention and stuff like that than like yeah. Which is treating. what it should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. right Proactive now we don't have... rather than reactive. Yeah. But I feel like right now we just don't have the resources no. to have a like proactive med- medical system. Yeah. It's like doctors are just dealing with fires. They're like, okay, trying to put this exactly. fire out, trying yeah. to put this fire exactly. out. Like, yeah. yeah. And so, but it should be more about preventing those fires from happening, but we just don't have the resources but there's also a lot of debate on the prevention side like diet right like i think i like the what's it called the the pyramid of like food groups and stuff yeah like the reason why grains are on the bottom and grains are so heavily subsidized like there's all like a lot is political yeah why grains are subsidized so much why corn is in everything Mm. and why like it's a basic food group it's not based on like nutrition studies it's based on politics at the time and like was like 30 years later like it's still here and Still I think being we did kind the of? food pyramid. A little bit, but it's not it's like... It's more like fruits and veggies. Now. Yeah. But yeah, it's still on there. It, 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 they didn't like... Re, they didn't like... 
remove it and make a new one, they kind of just like modified it. Like yeah. it's all good, but more vegetables and it'll be fine. <laughs> so, but in the you know, nutrition industry, there's a lot of like controversy over everything. Yeah, well, what's yeah. going to prevent cancer? Well, well what's going to cause cancer? It's the same thing that happened with yeah. sugars and saturated fats and shit like that. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like the sugar industry paid scientists to say saturated fats were bad so yeah. everybody put sugar in everything and it turns out sugar is actually bad and saturated fats are like all right yeah. you know but there's a specific paper you can narrow that down to yeah <laughs> but it's no, also like medicine yeah. doesn't shouldn't just be about like physical things too because the emotional and like psychological aspects totally play a role mm-hmm. yeah. um in like the area of psychoneuroimmunotherapy it's basically like emotional trauma it's can funny. Psycho neuroimmuno, it can even be psycho neuroimmuno endocrinology, <laughs> but usually people leave the endocrinology part out. Where it's basically endocrine hormones, yeah, moving hormones yeah. around your body. Yeah. Um, but your immune system is tied into your psychological status and state, and so like emotional trauma can affect your immune system and lead to disease later in life, kind of thing. And so many doctors ignore that, which, like... Because it's not conventional. It's not... Yeah, exactly. Because, like, mind and body are supposedly supposed to be separate in the medical world, so if something's wrong with your body, you only look at physical causes of it. I wonder if AI could be, like, tied into that, too. And, like, if you don't fix well, this about... emotional trauma, you are at this percentage of getting this disease. Yeah, the thing about <laughs> the medical community, which I'm, like, finding out more and more so because I'm kind of involved, sort of. Not willingly necessarily, but <laughs> I'm just there. Um, is that like the the standard of care is like guarded really heavily mm-hmm. because you're extremely cautious. Like you can't be a liberal in medicine. You have to be like super cautious and conservative. And so that's the thing. Like it's always behind. Like medical textbooks are all, always behind the latest research mm-hmm. because the latest research is too new. So even though like the the trends could be you know truth in the future, we could find out that they were true. Mm-hmm. You can't at the time be like let's you know make this the new gold standard yeah. because you're dealing with so many people. It's going to be anomalies, and as soon as you but start testing, but it doesn't hurt for a doctor to like yes focus still on the physical aspect of a disease of course but also ask their patient their life history oh yeah so like, that's not new it stuff it won't but, cause yeah. harm but i mean like even if you look at most doctors that are probably practicing nowadays they probably got there or they probably were in school like 10 20 yeah. years ago you know what i mean and like this the medical knowledge and stuff wasn't like completely different but there's a lot of new stuff that have come mm-hmm. out since mm-hmm. then it's like and that's why doctors have to be on top of research that yeah. comes out all that's the time. That's why they need AI, though. Yeah. Can't I know, there's like, so much Because, like, the doctors are probably already super busy with their entire lives, and it's like, yeah. do you have the time to do all that research? And it's like, even if that is, say, responsible of you as a doctor, like... It's just not possible again, to do Again, I think it, it goes down to... A, it comes down to, like, a resource issue. You yeah. Know what yeah. I mean? As time being the resource. As time being People the are dying. Like, how are you going to try something new? Yeah. Yeah. It's like... But incorporating the whole, like, mental side of things, yeah. Yeah, it's super it's, important, it's for sure. Mm-hmm. It depends on a doctor, too. Every doctor, doctor has their own philosophy, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I... They're wrong. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a combination of, like, Eastern and Western, like, philosophy towards medicine is always necessary. Like, was it Socrates or Hippocrates? Uh, Hippocrates. 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 
because my friend Alex, you know Alex Emerson, a chef? Yeah, I have this one friend who has a sweet tattoo of this on his arm. But it said, let food be thy medicine, you know? I think that's a pocket. Yeah, it was a pocket, yeah. Um, and, like, does nobody remember that? Maybe like, how come that hasn't been, like, a mantra of, like, you know, the government's, like, you know, public health. Yeah. Or, I mean, government, I mean, just, like, public health side of things. Like, yeah. why isn't that the mantra of, like, like, that should be, like, the slogan of public health is, like, let food be thy medicine. Because well. food is an industry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's political again. Lobbyists like, and all that, and yeah, I mean, a lot of this is idealism. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that we've like have started coming out about, like how the microbiome affects like yeah. your mental health, mm-hmm. even and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it's like it's pretty crazy. Just to like say you are a depressed person. I'm not saying this is going to work for everybody, but like instead of going on these hardcore scary medications try exercising and diet and that might turn yourself around i know that it's yeah. hard mm. when, if you're in that cycle to actually pull yourself out but yeah, yeah. it's and it's maybe a... like in some instances medication is like a good no, way to I... pull people out of that i definitely yeah. agree that some people Until do need they... antidepressants yeah. yeah yeah it's and that's like the other thing is every like we already talked about every person is different right yeah. personalized medicine it's kind of like how opiates were though hopefully this will be the same with like uh antidepressants like ssris Mm-hmm. Is that like opiates? Yeah, you know, just give them out because it's great for pain. And like, oh shit, everybody's like addicted to this. It's <laughs> not really like it's it's a wicked tool, but you always you have to like respect it and like also use it very. Apparently. Like it's come to the point where like I feel almost like um, like I I'm not, but I I feel like I'm being like slighted against because like the person in my position, like, my demographic, like, is the last person to get opiates. Yeah. Like, when it comes to, like, um, like, young males, especially, yeah. like, opiate is, like, the last thing they'll give you. Like, you have to be, like, <laughs> screaming in pain to get an opiate because it's so addictive, right? And, yeah. you know, young men are usually more susceptible to addictions like this. So. Yeah. Um, but which is, I mean, you know, in the States, I had huge issues. I think it's getting better now. Yeah. Like, how many opiates are you using? But in Canada, I know they're very strict on that kind of stuff. Some people take acid with like antidepressants and all these other because I mean you take an antidepressant but then you get side effects. You take an anti-anxiety, yeah. those give you depressants. So you take something to put you out to sleep, but that makes you too drowsy. So you get like an upper for the morning, and then you have this cocktail. Yeah, that's all of a like, sudden you're on like five different pills that you have to take every day, and it's like yeah. how are those interacting with each other and stuff like that? Exactly. And, yeah, like it's out of hand, but. Um, Maybe AI yeah. could tell you how they all interact with well, each other. That's yeah. kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we definitely live in a society that over overprescribes. I think, you know, again, it's due to a lack of resources, I think. You know, you have somebody and they come in, and if you know that this pill is just going to help them out, even if it's just a little bit, even just if it's to alleviate the symptoms that they are yeah. bothering you with. And like In the States, though, with the whole pri- privatization of medicine, too, there's a lot of financial interest. Like, yeah. people, like, spokespeople, representatives of pharmaceutical industries will, like, sponsor doctors, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, will take you out to dinner if, you know, you... And, like, it might seem like a small thing, but it's, like, kind of, like gifts here and there to advertise their and I've heard stories from nurses too nurses get the same treatment you know it's yeah. just like fuck like it's a lot of that kind of fuckery too yeah but with the what I wanted to get to then was with the like mental like stress kind of causes like a feedback I had a thought actually the other day it was kind of everything makes more sense about like um like the mind body or 
yeah, mind body duality, I guess. Like, where's the mind? You know, where's the brain? Mm. The mind and the brain are two different things. Yeah. But they're like not right. Well, at least in my perspective, and I think in a lot of like philosophical perspectives, is that like it's an emergent property, the consciousness emergent property. Right? Yeah. But it's still based on like a physical thing. Yeah. So like changing like chemistry, it's like taking a drug, for example, like caffeine or whatever, psychedelic. Can, like change your brain. <laughs> That's chemistry. a big jump. <laughs> Caffeine, Is acid. It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends how much you take. Yeah. Um, I'll. Uh, yeah. So like you change your brain chemistry, which impacts your perception, which is your consciousness, right? So it, it changes how you perceive things because perceptions in your brain, mm-hmm. not your sense organs. And so, but at the same time, like you can also argue by extension of that same principle that like art is also like a drug because or or any kind of experience we're experiencing something that changes your chemistry and then that chemistry then changes how you perceive things so it's mm-hmm. like a two-way relationship yeah. so like the whole like stress thing like it's it, it's like it's funny to put like a long ass word that's like mm-hmm. five different fields together four, yeah. four different fields together they just call it p and i it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's... Uh, Psychology, neurology, immunology. It, it seems far-fetched, but it's, like, it's almost, like, obvious. Yeah. But it's just so hard for people to... Wrap their head around. Yeah, because everybody has a very, like, strong subjective perception of their own consciousness, and they think that, like... Yeah. There's a whole thing about, like, you know, where's the eye behind, like, the eyes? Like, you know, this person's sitting in your head, but it's not really connected to your brain because it leaves and when your brain dies, you know? Yeah. Type of thing, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people, they think that their consciousness, like, rests solely in the brain. Hmm. And, like, I don't know if that's maybe necessarily correct, and it's more of, like, the mind-body connection, you know? And that's yeah. kind of what creates the concept consciousness or something like that. I don't know. But yeah. Obviously, I have no actual ideas on this. It's just well, was, this is kind of what I was also thinking with yeah. this. I'll, I'll keep going with that. The rest of what I was thinking was yeah. how um, you have kind of, like, a super biochemistry, right? And that's, like, your state of consciousness. The qualia. Qualia are, like, things you perceive. Like, the type of green you see and the type of green I see, even looking at you, like, your jacket. Yeah. Two different qualia. Yeah. Two different, like, chemicals, like, compositions of the brain. Mm. And so that changes, you know, going both ways, feedback kind of loop. But then we're also interacting, like, with each other's brain chemistries. This conversation, our mm-hmm. own perception of each other, you know. That's why, like, swearing, for example, people find offensive. Like, if you say fuck. Yeah. Like, for some people, that has a really strong meaning, connotation. And that changes their, like, state of consciousness if it's, like, really negative. They'll look like, I, there's somebody we were hanging out with, an acquaintance. And uh, I, I, I said, like, fuck off type of thing. You remember this, I think. And he took it really bad. Because to him, like, saying fuck off was, like... like I hate you, go die. Fuck yeah. yeah. I was saying fuck off, like... Like know, a playful. Yeah, yeah, like, you. Like, really casually, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, even my tone was, like... It was a bit of annoyance, I'm sure, to it. Because I was a little bit annoyed. But it wasn't, like, this aggression that, like, he took it as. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so... And that's why, like... You have to, like, respect people. Like, when you Respect the audience, always, when yeah. you're speaking. Because they're... They're being vulnerable in the sense of like there's other comedians are really nice to have to talk about difficult subjects because they bring comedy in. Yeah. So you can be more vulnerable with it. You can kind of like they go into your brain and tinker with your chemistry and perceptions and whatnot, right? Yeah. So, anyways, um, 
where it's not just within our brain, but it's also interacting with other brains, kind of like cells within a body. You know, they're all communicating and they all have their own compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I guess like the individual is in this individual compartment, but we're still interacting with each other. So it's still connected. And that's kind of, I also had a thought the other day. It's just like, I used to not care about how people live their lives in the sense that like, yeah, go ahead, eat shitty or go ahead, you know, like just don't Later. do anything all day or whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, but now it's like, well, hold on, because what if, you know, the shitty lifestyle puts them in a shitty state of mind, and that shitty state of mind is broadcasted through, like, you know, either friends or social media or yeah. whatever, and that goes into your brain. So, like, by this, like, extreme stretch, their shitty diet is affecting your brain chemistry. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Thing, you know? And that's, like, that's what the whole, like, idea of karma actually is. People, yeah. like, misconstrue what karma actually is. They mm. think, you know, you did something bad, so something bad's going to happen to you. That's not what karma is. Yeah. Yeah. What karma actually is, is you do good things, so then that person carries on and they maybe they do good things and yeah. like good things propagate outwards yeah. so that you have a better like chance of good things happening to you because you've created a better world by just doing that good thing. Yeah. So it's kind of what you were talking about. So like if you do negative things like that, you're mm-hmm. affecting the whole because you're going to interact with somebody negative and then they're maybe going to go and interact with somebody negative because it propagates, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's kind of like, that's the idea of karma, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause your whole organism kind of, I think. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But so I don't know. I don't know what to think of that, but <laughs> why do you guys look at me? Because <laughs> I'm sitting over here quietly. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of. I was speaking with um, like a friend of mine who he just finished his master's in um, like mathematics and physics, and he got into like quantum mechanics in spirituality and what he mm. how he thought it could be related and. It kind of like karma is also kind of almost like the butterfly effect in a similar way in the way that you described it. And he was saying, well, in in like quantum physics and math, we have fields where like say if you mapped the field of temperature of this entire room, there'd be like at every point in this room there'd be one number representing the temperature, and they'd all be related to each other through like typically a differential equation, kind of like the theory of relativity, Einstein's theory of relativity. So if the world and consciousness is like also related in that kind of way um which is what he's actually like pursuing a personal spiritual journey right now to find out which i think is so cool he's a physicist doing this going to go like (laughs) meditate in like some isolated cabin in ontario for six months but anyways um then yeah it totally makes sense if somebody has like a shitty diet and then or not even diet but like affects their physical state how it could affect yours as well mm. but mm. even like like so that's more theoretical but like yeah. the whole like chemistry thing like it's actually like a physical thing like, yeah we're yeah. breathing the same air we're, we're yeah. drinking the same water like it's there there are you know mutual kind of connections we're not independent of each other in that way yeah. i mean even sure. biomes yeah like uh so there's a recent study thing last year um now there's a new field of like forensics called like I don't know what it's called, but it's something along the lines of, like, a um, biome forensics or microbial... I think it is something like microbial forensics or something like oh, that. Maybe well, I should look into this. Yeah, it's pretty Sounds interesting. interesting. <laughs> Where, I need a job. <laughs> like, a good example would be us here, you know, when we leave, if, uh, if somebody came by right... If somebody, for example, swabbed this room, like, before we came, and then swabbed it after they came, and they had access to all of our biomes... 
they'd be able to tell you who was in the room because like our microbiomes are just like kind of spreading out right now in this room and mm-hmm. interacting and we're picking up some of the other microbiomes from other people and yeah. so there's a study where just as a proof of concept they had several families live in these like homes they were like, kind of clean I guess in a sense that like nobody you know they kind of had a control they knew what was there so they put these families in for like a couple of days and then they left and they were able to identify which family went to like which house yeah. based on um, just the bacteria that were there and the genomes of the bacteria that were there because it's unique to individuals or unique to families kind of like it's, it's a gradient right but yeah. interesting um, so there's a connection there where I mean I don't know how far this goes nobody has any evidence to support any of this but it could be even to the point where you know they're finding the gut microbiome has a huge effect on depression or whatever because there's a lot of um, uh, especially serotonin receptors in the gut that mm-hmm. directly go to the brain yeah. Um, and so, like, they've been able to show mice that have... So that's a like model mice that... There's a mouse literally for every gene defect out there. You can order, like, a mouse mm-hmm. to have specifically what you want. If you want, like, Asperger's, if you want it to have autism, if you want it to have uh, diabetes of some sort or whatever, anything, any kind of cancer you want, any kind of a organ. That's really interesting. <laughs> and they cool. have it with some types of plants, too. But yeah animals were interesting yeah. the same so they had mice I that had plants. <laughs> uh, in uh, mice with autism so they took a healthy mouse and a mouse with autism and they took the microbiome of the healthy mouse put in the mouse with autism and their symptoms of optimism like plummeted like okay. it didn't like, cure it but just like took the severe symptoms out of the picture mm-hmm. yeah. and then vice versa they took the microbiome from the mouse with autism into the healthy mouse and the, I don't know if the, in this case with, it was autism, I think it was something else. I think it was like dementia or something like that with old mice mm-hmm. um, with a reverse effect. The microbiome. So now they're fine like with uh, dementia or like other uh, wasting diseases, I guess, call them. Could also be like a microbiome type. I mean, there's other reasons for it, but the microbiome yeah. could have huge impact. Interesting. On like your brain health. Yeah. So. And Take so, those probiotics. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I don't know if there's any kind of uh, connection here maybe it's too of a harsh environment but between like people yeah so I kind of have a feeling like, like fostering community like how important community is not just for like you know having friends but just for like health and well-being and just like, that, that's what I was thinking when you were saying that it's like our, our microbiomes like interacting with each other you know what I mean yeah. so if you have a healthy microbiome maybe that's why you get good feelings from certain people mm-hmm. or I mean, like certain people make you feel happy or whatever mm-hmm. because they have good microbiomes or something and they're interacting with each other sure it plays a role yeah not like so, strictly a thing but like you know maybe even when you feel down when you're by depressed people or whatever but that's yeah. also could just be because they're being i mean there's depressed. a lot of layers to yeah it, right? yeah whether exactly it's, whether it's a significant part or not it, it, yeah exactly it could be a factor but it Probably not like everything. I mean, you know, you know I mean? smell is a huge factor in people's relationships, mm-hmm. not just like romantic relationships, but mm-hmm. like, you know, the t shirt experiment. Yeah. 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 And, and so, I mean, microbiome is not far fetched in that case. It's just another thing we don't know about yet. Yeah. Like a lot of things when it comes to the human body, it seems <laughs> at least. Yeah. <laughs> or we're constantly discovering new things. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. But so, hey. I like to cultivate a good microbiome. <laughs> yeah. Don't wash yourself too harshly, basically. Yeah. One. yeah. Weren't we talking about how like we smelled better after like not showering every day? Yeah, Was I that think so. A, a fuzzy? Yeah, I think so. Is that you and me? Yeah. yeah. Ew. 
Just kidding. I might have spoken to somebody else about it too, but yeah, yeah like I've had his. I was oh, I saw him for sure. Actually, you know what? I've had this conversation like two or three times. This year. Like That's because somebody... people think you're stinky, but they just want to say nicely. <laughs> sure. um, so they'd strike up a conversation about showers with you, and then it turns out. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like it's healthy not to shower like every day, or yeah. use like you know you want to cultivate. Uh, like natural oils and stuff for your yeah. hair and skin and like I'm sure everybody knows about hand sanitizers and how bad they are. Yeah, them, right? it's kind of the same concept. Yeah, I don't get people who are like super super anal about washing their hands and like like get, like I get washing like your OCD hands. Or... Yeah, like OCD about it. Like washing like you touch a garbage and you wash your hands. Not you legit OCD though. No, right? no, like... not legit OCD. No, <laughs> like yeah, people yeah. who claim to be OCD What's but they're with not. People OCD. There's people who wash their hands too much. Yeah. But it's, I think it's a cultural thing because, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of, it's almost like going like full circle about there was a time where surgeons didn't wear gloves. Yeah. Nobody understood about the whole, yeah. bio, like, germ yeah. theory. Or like babies, like, in, would, would die because doctors wouldn't wash their hands after going from parent or mother to mother giving yeah. birth mm-hmm. and like... Two out of ten babies Which to me is kind die. of extreme, even if you don't know about germ theory, just wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're probably covered in like, blood like if you're touching other people's insides fluid. and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so that was just practice, right? But yeah. the germ theory and our like bubble boy scenario that, you know, yeah. was mm-hmm. gave birth from germ theory. And then going full circle now to like, okay, germs are there. They're not all bad though. Yeah. So keep a good germs, but like <laughs> It's more complicated now because yeah. managing the good germs is not straightforward. I remember listening to a podcast and it was like the guy who first came out and was like, guys, we need to start washing our hands or like wearing gloves when we, you know, do surgeries and stuff. People are like, you're fucking crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. like, the guy, holy, I, did he live to see the... I don't, no, I don't he think, died. I think he like, died before they was, actually like adopted. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like it was like early, like... A century ago, yeah, yeah. He, it was at like least 1800s. I think it was around. Yeah, it was when in the 1800s, this. and they were like, "Dudes, you should be washing your hands." Like, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> he actually, I think he didn't. He get like committed to an insane. Yeah, asylum? I think so. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which, yeah, fuck. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Not Pastor, the guy before. Yeah, just talk about being ahead of your time, though. Yeah. <laughs> but he actually had evidence for it, too. Like, yeah. I think he like, show, like, look, I'm going to wash my hands, and, like, look how many no, people don't die. he didn't have evidence Did for he? it. It was, I think that you were talking about was um, some girl, I forget what her name was, she gave, like, a TED Talk, it wasn't a TED Talk, like, similar to a TED Talk about how psychedelics, like, we don't know how they work, but clearly they're working for instances of like depression, anxiety in small doses, small controlled doses. So we should make them legal because of that. Like, even though we don't know how it works. I think Wired. You saw that on Wired. Yeah, Wired. Yeah, even I, though I we don't I know how it, it works. I think I actually from Rick Doblin, a mm. podcast, that, so that would make sense though. Yeah. Whole, yeah. And she used that example. Like, this guy knew that like we should yeah. wash our hands, but everybody was like, no, that's stupid. And now look what we're doing. Washing our hands between surgeries. Yeah. yeah. It's a good idea. <laughs> that, was, that was actually a really good uh, like presentation talk she she, she was very emotional. It, it, it was very cool. If you didn't see it, just uh, it's on Wired. They had like their own thing. Okay. What's her name? Ted's not so good anymore. Ted talks. Yeah. I wish I remembered her name. But it's on But Wired. it's on like 
legalizing psychedelics. Yeah, it's Google search words, it'll be easy to find. Yeah. <laughs> AI might even like suggest it as a next video yeah, to watch we, now that we've, we've been talking we've about it. We've talked about it, about so. it so it's probably going to be right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do with this Facebook thing, though. Like, I've been, yeah. it's making me really uncomfortable, but at the same time, like, you kind I of don't know it. what to do. Because, yeah, no, I mean, Facebook, if anything, it's, like, becoming more and more valuable to me when I, like, meet people in other places. Yeah. Especially for, like, developing, like... Like, everything's there. Because, like, I think the valuable thing for me, for Facebook, is, like, group events. Yeah, or group chats. Being yeah. like, hey, we're all going to be doing this thing. Let's plan it in this group chat that's super convenient and easy yeah. for everybody. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. <laughs> and people have tried making, you know, other versions, but they've all failed. Mm-hmm. So not everybody's on be. it. Huh? Everybody's on Facebook, you know what I mean? Not yeah. everybody's on these other things. Exactly. Like, WhatsApp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. And I mean, like, uh-huh. for doing something like a podcast or doing this thing, Facebook is extremely handy because, like, I just throw it up <laughs> on Facebook and I can share it with all these people and, like... Yeah. We need to kind of, like, decentralize... And that's the thing with, like, Google and YouTube and stuff, right? Like, people are going up in arms, especially recently, YouTube's being, like, really shitty about... Like, removing content. That's because mm-hmm. Google bought them. Don't do evil, Google. <laughs> yeah, Google bought them, like, 10, 20 years ago. Not 20 years Not, ago. No, it wasn't Long that. time ago. No. Yeah? Mm, it wasn't Definitely 20 years th- ago. Okay, I know. This is the thing. <laughs> Long time ago. Five to ten years ago. Long time in computer sure. time. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Like, uh, we all know YouTube the way it's been, like, since Google, pretty much. Like, yeah, our censored. YouTube. Yeah. Well, I don't know about what it was like back then. But not necessarily, okay, I guess censored behind the scenes or something. Like Jordan Peterson, yeah. for example. And same with Twitter. Twitter has a huge problem with like deleting accounts of like people that they don't enjoy politically. Yeah. Like not even like extreme people, but just people that are like stirring up the pot a little bit. Yeah. Like Jordan Peterson, like if you actually listen to him, he's like one of the most reasonable people in the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> he says like. Like the titles of his things are can be kind of crazy because yeah. we distill it down. It's like it's a lot a of hard bait. truth. Oh, yeah. It's a little bit of clickbaity, but <laughs> everybody well, on YouTube you have to, doesn't you, clickbait. You need, it's the you comp- have competition. To. Yeah. Yeah. You need clickbait titles. No matter what you're doing, you yeah. need clickbait titles. Especially when papers, like academic papers, yeah. you kind of need a good title. To, yeah, you know? I mean for different reasons, but yeah, um, yeah. So like, it just the and so yeah, like, what was it getting at was uh, like. We need something decentralized that's not owned by anybody because that's kind of what it is, right? Like, like YouTube, people putting aren't ar- ar- up in arms about it because we all feel like it's like the source for this kind of thing, so it should be completely open. Mm-hmm. But it's a private company and they have their own rules. Yeah, you know, there are smaller. There's there's like YouTube, and then there's like fifty other vid- video hosting sites that are way more free, mm. but they don't have like the features i guess they're oh, not the as presence. high-tech people don't use them yeah often. that's, that's not, the yeah. thing is like the content needs popular. to be there and like if it's all on youtube you're gonna go to youtube because the chances of you finding it are yeah. exponentially higher generally, than, yeah. yeah generally a lot of people so. now too because of like the demonetization of a lot of content on youtube are moving towards like just hosting their own videos on some other site and um giving access to it by like donation on Patreon or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's where like Bitcoin has a super handy, so okay it's not just Bitcoin but (laughs) cryptocurrency. There's also something called like um, Erythium or something like that. 
forgot what it's actually called. But so, so Bitcoin is a currency using the blockchain. Mm. So Bitcoin is not like that thing. Blockchain is the thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so this Erythium, I think it's called, is like a contract built on blockchain. And so, um, uh, and Andre Antonopoulos, whatever his name is, okay. he's like yeah. Bitcoin Jesus. Yeah. He has all <laughs> really good talks about this kind of stuff. So I, I won't do it justice, but... Isn't that kind of biased, though? He's the Bitcoin Jesus. Of course he is. Oh, no. He, he, he doesn't... He's just, like, one of the most knowledgeable people that's also, like, in the public sphere. Okay. Is the thing. He doesn't, like, you know, own anything, necessarily. He's just... He, he's, like, a researcher, like, a scientist okay. that's okay. also socially not awkward. That's you know, rare find. Or, especially in this kind of community, <laughs> it's, it's very necessary, right? Because it's very high level. Like, yeah. Cryptography is, like, really difficult to understand. For good reason, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so this like decentralization where you can make like microtransactions so instead of you know you subscribing for $10 a month or something to, which you know for some of us you know 5 here 10 there 5 there it's kind of like you know it's a yeah, lot of money that goes out yeah, so and like with Patreon like a quarter you know you can pay like a quarter every once in a while but with like microtransactions you can pay like a tenth of a penny every day type of thing you know mm-hmm. you, you can like really dial in so you can you, so that actually allows support for more people, you know. Because especially with Patreon, there's like fees. There's I'm sure I'm sure there's some yeah. kind of just because of its system requires some kind of upkeep. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody they, has to make money. They, just they to definitely keep it up. take a cut. Yeah, I don't know how much. It's like ten percent or something. But right, yeah. So it's pretty good. But I mean, there's inefficiencies like that. So with like blockchain type of stuff, you can support other people directly, like no middleman, which I think would help a lot. With, yeah. you know these kind of things to support people yeah but, um, it's like it's like one of the cool things though about stuff like Patreon and stuff is it's like the the, the good and bad side of technology like mm-hmm. you know anybody can make anything now and put it on the internet and it kind of super saturates the platform and it's hard to find good things but anything can make or anyone can make anything and you find genius in that as well you know yeah. I mean? it's kind of like the music industry yeah right? like yeah. on soundcloud like yeah. everybody's a fucking dj now <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, exactly. everybody makes music and, yeah um it's a combination of yeah like sifting through most of it which is not good at least right now and then more opportunities for those that you know yeah but occasionally there are those like there's that genius there and you find mm-hmm. it and like those people could only exist because of this technology so mm. it's a good and bad thing for sure <laughs> yeah. you don't have to rely on privilege as much yeah exactly it's you still there but not as extreme yeah. you don't have to rely on some record exec or whatever coming by and happening across your yeah. stuff and that's the you only way that you could get any airplay anywhere like yeah. yeah or even just having access to something to make music yeah no totally yeah. like you can now um exactly you can record on your phone you can record like i in this house we fully have the capability to record like a full album and it'd be probably pretty decent like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like and you can distribute it like for very cheap very cheap but so that's cool too like it's just giving more people the access to make music i guess which is awesome but yeah it's also super saturating the market because not everybody should be making music (laughs) (laughs) but hey they gotta figure i mean i I, like i'm sure you know people too that have tried it and then work out yeah yeah, for sure like uh, music is also a completely subjective thing so who am i to judge you know (laughs) and there's so many niches right like yeah yeah. i've kind of realized that i think especially after this summer 
just going to other, or this whole year, going to, like, other places, listening to music. Mm-hmm. It's like, Western Canada does have its own, like, style so of music. Sad, for sure, yeah. yeah. It's, a lot of it, I guess you can, maybe it's kind of a shitty, or kind of a, kind of a superficial descriptor, is, like, bass music. Yeah. Like, there's a type of, like, bass music that's, like, Western Canada. Yeah, there's, like, that a West Coast bass music scene that yeah. is complete, like, it has its own unique sound, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. yeah. Which is very interesting. Yeah, and I didn't really realize that because I, this is all I've known. Yeah. But it's not until I've kind of ventured out farther that I'm like, oh, this is not like an international thing. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, there are international artists that feel like Closey. Closey's a really good example. She's from France. But she, like, maybe now she's getting more shows. But, like, nobody knows who Closey is in France. Yeah. Everybody, everybody like, all of her fans, like, 95% of her fans, at least, you know, as of a year ago, was like Western North America yeah. or maybe North America in general. Well, and you see her like her touring schedule, and it's always in U.S. Canada, yeah. usually on the Western coast. Yeah. Like yeah. she played some shows back in France, yeah. but, but like yeah. small clubs and stuff. It's not like yeah massive festivals. Yeah, yeah. you know or... she's growing. So yeah. yeah, but it is very interesting. There's like kind of that West Coast music sound. And like, like I said, music is completely subjective. Some people like Psytrance. I don't fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind it. Oh my god. But like, Do you like house? I can get down to house. Okay, I'll send you some... I've been listening to some like Psytrance. I've been kind of like getting more nitpicky about Psytrance. Just kind of like... Because the genres, the we, subgenres are weird. But We yeah. camped by a Psytrance, 24-7 Psytrance stage when we went to the Oregon Eclipse Festival. And it's yeah. the kind of Psytrance that most people would hate. Yeah. yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, I like listening to Psytrance, but like when you go to a stage and you start dancing to Psytrance, I dance for for like 10 minutes and I'm like, alright, this is the same. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Like, it's still just that... There's other versions though. I mean, I'm saying Psytrance in general because that's the closest thing it is. But there's like this one guy called Doctor Strange Funk, who like has like, to me, is kind of like a mix of like he would play at Fractal Forest, but he his his genre is Psytrance, so he would play like Psytrancey music, but like it has all like the funky stuff, groovy, dancey stuff of like a Fractal Forest jam. Like so. Just, I don't know, I'm hoping to see more of that, because that's yeah. kind of what I'm into. We need a funk festival. A funk festival? Yeah. Like, just straight just up. Funk. As in Fozzie, kind of like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's funk there, for sure. Yeah, that's true. It's really small, so you can't yeah, really expect to get too much. Like, they have a lot of drum and bass and psytrance. Well, like, no, I would love a fractal no forest festival. There's, like, drum and bass, though, for sure. And yeah. Dumpstep. Yeah. Need some good dubs. Yeah, a fractal forest, uh... Well, I gave me lots of Fractal Forces for <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like funk. I, I, it's hard for me because I like so many different genres of music. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. diversity in my music. Like, yeah. I can't, like, mm-hmm. like if you're going to play just a drum and bass set, I'm probably going to hate it. If you're going to play yeah. just a Psytrance set, I'm probably going to hate it. But, like, it. JPL? Is that his name? JPL, the... You sent me a hit as Fractal set recently. Oh, yeah. JPL? Is that his name? Know. He's from, like, the UK. Yeah. Um... His was all drum and bass, but I love it when they mix it up with, like... Like, it's drum and bass technically, mm. but it's something else. Like, it feels something else, almost like something funky or dubstep even. Yeah. Like they, but they have, like, the drum and bass, I guess, like, structure to it, but, like, it's not. But you can listen for, like, an hour of drum and bass, yeah. but it has other good stuff mixed in it. Yeah. That's what I think a good artist, a really good artist, like, somebody who's mastered their art is who can, like, take other people's work and make it their own. Yeah. So that's why you see, like like... 
closely has her own sound, but she, like, when she remixes other people's songs, which are, like, masterpieces to begin with, like, she, I've only really listened, from what I know, her remixes are always, like, songs that, like, stand on their own two feet really well. Yeah. Like, the Ratatat tune, which is, like, old and great one, the RGD2 tune, really good. Like, she remixes, like, stuff's really good, but makes it her own. Yeah. That's kind of how she got to fame, is from a remix competition. Did you know about that? No, I didn't know that. Um, Haywire. Okay. So the, the label, I think it's Gravitas, yeah. Yeah, yeah that Gravitas. Does, uh, as with Haywire, he had a um, remix competition, like, four years ago. Closey came... Actually, no. It was Mr. Bill remix. Haywire came first. Closey came second. Okay. And that's how um, she rose to fame there, pretty much how she got her start. Yeah. And so now she actually put out a remix, the same competition with her songs. Yeah. And the remix is pretty good. Some of them are interesting. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, I like artists who do, they'll like release an album um, and then they'll do like a remix album. Yeah. Like Opio does it a lot yeah. and like Cozy's done it. Desert Dwellers does it a lot. Yeah. They have an album and like three remix versions of that album and yeah. one of them is like other people's remixes. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. It's cool. Because then you like, I don't know. You get to find out new artists who are kind of like that yeah. artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I dig it for sure. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But yeah, if you can remix somebody else's music, I'm like, they understand. Or mix it into like Grizz when before he really solidified his own like style. Maybe he still. I haven't seen a live Grizz set for a long time. But I don't know one I've only, actually ever seen Grizz live. I've only ever seen him once. This was like five years ago yeah. at Astral Harvest. I remember his set, this is like one of the first rapes too, so I was also impressed in general, but I remember his set being so diverse in styles, and so, like, tricky. Well, he is so diverse, like, look at all his albums, like, he started off with dubstep, then went to, like, funky stuff, now he's doing, like, almost soul, soul <laughs> like, electronic soul music, if that's a genre. Yeah, like, yeah. And, but yeah, like, like, such a diverse, like, like, he mastered his craft at that point, for sure, because... He was he was mastering like other genres with his own style, mm-hmm. and so that was just super fun to listen to, and also very tricky because you had no idea where he was gonna go. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he dropped something. It's a you thought he was going one way, he went the other way. Those are my favorite sets. The DJs who can do that, like they just drop whatever music they want. You have no idea what's coming. Those are my favorite types of DJs. Yeah. Like you you can play anything. You can literally play anything, and people aren't like those are my favorite types of DJs yeah. and performers. Like I don't hate any musical genre. I hate except for Psytrance. I don't hate it. That's the thing. It's like I don't I don't hate it. It's just It's just it, hard to find a good song. Yes, right? and it's just hard to like listen to a set that's gonna be all side tracks hundred percent. Just like it's like anything just hundred percent in, except for very few genres, which I can totally get down with, like dubstep and Mostly dubstep. <laughs> <laughs> funk music too, I guess. But like yeah. if you're playing funk music by default, you're usually Dipping into drum and bass a little bit, and maybe yeah. a little house, and yeah. kind of glitch off a little. So funk know. is more like a flavor, I think, of music. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's a genre. It's not, yeah, because yeah. yeah. you can like mix it with drum and bass, and it'd be fine. This is you funk. You can make anything funky. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's a great attitude. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more of a yeah. It, it, what you said, it's more of a style than a genre. <laughs> Matt the Alien is also a good example. Like I think at Sham, he played like. Four times, no joke. Yeah. Yeah. And like every of all time, the cancellations and whatever. Like I would listen to him all day because he's just yeah. always like it's the same sound but it's a different sound. Like yeah. he's always mixing and like, man, he makes everything just not boring. He just released a mix like 
three days ago or something. Mm-hmm. I listened to it on Friday, and, like, I just got, like, super barbecued. Like, <laughs> I just smoked weed in a really long time, and then I did, and I was, like, super high, and I was, like, playing video games, and I was listening to this Matt the Alien mix. It's a great time, guys. Yeah, that <laughs> like it. Yeah. I highly recommend checking out the mix. Yeah, him and Truth released a whole bunch of stuff, I guess, for Friday the 13th. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I listened Well, yeah. Okay. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, that's what I I was listening to a bunch so. of stuff. Like on, like, on Friday, I'm like, damn, that's a lot of this, like, because I'm following a bunch of artists that do play, like, deep bass, I guess. Mm-hmm. Deep dubstep. Um, and they all just, yeah, just, just let it loose on Friday. Makes sense. <laughs> Can't wait for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite types of music for sure. It's just, I just like deep tones usually. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, dubstep can get annoying. Like, a lot of dubstep sucks with the high screechy bits and yeah. a lot of house sucks because there's high. Like the Skrillex impersonators. Yeah, or, or like copycats. Yeah. It's anything that has like Emulators. a deep, groovy bass line is really what I like. I'm all about yeah. the low end, not the, the high end. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yeah, I recently discovered, well, kind of, I kind of knew about them, Shades. Okay. Which is like collaboration between Eprom and is there another guy? Alex Alex Perez. Alex Perez, yeah. Is that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw them at fucking Base Coast. Yeah. Yeah, Shades? I saw Shades. Yeah. Yeah. So, they they, they together they make like the drum stuff's great, but like together mm-hmm. it's like really like that deep. I would love to see oh, man this year at Sham the. Wait, you're at I was at Shambhala now, not oh, this yeah. year. At, uh, at the amphitheater. The amphitheater was, l- or at least was gonna be lit. Yeah. Because, like, they had a wicked fucking lineup. They had, like, so many people back-to-back that could have had their own set. Yeah. They had, like, Liquid Stranger and who was supposed Space to be... Space Jesus. And Space oh, Jesus yeah, together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither of them showed up because it was cancelled and then uncancelled. Yeah. They had so many wicked, like, back-to-backs planned. Yeah. And, like, I was super stoked because I don't usually listen to that kind of stuff, but to get a little bit sweet. Yeah. But I would love to see just, like, a show of, like, Librarian... Matt the Alien, Truth, Eprom, like, I think I said this on my Facebook group, but just, like, all these, like, really deep, dark for Halloween or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in no particular order. Yeah. For Halloween. I could make it happen. <laughs> Actually, I think in Eclipse, there was, um, wasn't it Matt the Alien, like, bearing somebody else trading off? Matt no, Damon that was at Shambhala, that Matt, looks. Matt, Matt the Alien, librarian had a set They together. opened yeah. the amp yeah. this year, yeah. 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 But no, at the moon stage at Eclipse, they oh, had like three people just every like 20 minutes changing it up. Sweet. Which was cool. Yeah, um, Base Coast is put on by like, like, the librarian is one of the organizers mm-hmm. of Base Coast. Uh-huh. So like Matt the Alien and yeah, librarian played like two or three times each. So it was yeah. really sweet to like, yeah, because they played together and then they each have their own separate stats, sets and it's really cool to see how they play differently together and then how they do their own individual sets and they're mm-hmm. like completely different which is just kind of really neat to well, Matt the Alien also played with because this was one of those sets they have to make up for uh, the, uh, were you there at the theater? yeah no it was at the Pagoda wasn't it? oh yeah so I mean like, he played like four times yeah so he played uh, <laughs> he had his own set at the Pagoda and then right after his Pagoda set for like an hour and a half or two hours or something was um, was Matt the Alien with um, Yeti Okay. That was interesting, actually. Yeah. That was an interesting mix. Where I kind of had the same feeling. I was just like, this is interesting. Because you could tell it was Matt the Alien. You can kind of see him, but... Yeah. Um, we're kind of far back, but... You can kind of just hear, like, a little bit of scratching, or, like, you know, some records going on. Yeah. You can see him flipping through records, and yeah, so it was Matt the Alien. But you could see how his style adapted to, like... Yeah, but... Well, he's so flexible, he can, like... Yeah, no, totally. Like... He's been around for a while too, because like he was an old dude. Yeah, he was a thing when I first started getting into the scene. 
that BLM was a thing and a big thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least for Western Canada, it's mm-hmm. like one of those Western can- Canada dudes. It's UK, though. Really? Yeah. I, I met him at Fozzie two years ago. Okay. I'm like, oh, hey, my day in. And he had a Bruce Jackson. Oh. I would not have expected that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, he lives... I forgot where he's from in the UK, but yeah, he lives yeah. in BC. But I feel oh, like he's like... A, he's definitely adapted his sound or something. Because like, I feel like Matthew Alien is almost a pinnacle to that Western Canadian kind yeah. of like flavor yeah. that happens. Totally. So, and maybe like, he's one of the people that kind of like you know made it happen. I guess. Yeah. Well, and also you have guys like Sticky Buds, mm-hmm. uh, Slink, the Funk Hunters, the Funk Hunters all especially. Funk. Yeah, like, it's all like funk and stuff. Favorite. And it gives like it, it's like that Western Canadian thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, Long Walk Short Dog. It's just. Uh, maybe it's because we've seen them so many times and stuff because we're at all <laughs> the mean, festivals. And, uh, because there are these are Western Canadian festivals. Yeah, too. yeah, very yeah. true. I haven't really been to too many festivals that aren't Western Canadian. So, yeah. so been to two. Yeah, one in Costa Rica and one called Coachella, which was <laughs> yeah. not. We all know how that probably went. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. It's pretty interesting to say, but yeah, yeah, it's not quite the same. No, it's not, and like. Me and my roommate went, and we had gone to Shambhala once, and then we were like, oh man, music festivals are sick. <laughs> so then we went to Coachella, because we saw the lineup, and we were expecting something very similar, yeah. and it was like, not, like, music's <laughs> done by 10, and you're like, Music's done by 10? Yeah, the music's done by 10, because it's in a city. Oh, yeah. It's just on a huge, huge, it's called, it's a polo field, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you're camping, they, like, grid out your campsite, so you have a spot where you park your car and then you have like a square that you can yeah. basically just set up your tent in and yeah. that's it and it's it was a completely wow. different experience i don't recommend coachella honestly no, I don't, I don't, i've never had yeah a desire to no, yeah. that's good it's we went because we were like man look at all these sweet acts and stuff and then you go and you're like this isn't, this isn't <laughs> what i wanted there's that substance to some of these like small festivals that are like just not sponsored yeah but also just the type of people you know it's like yeah definitely. everybody's i think brain i've never been to brain, i haven't been to brain man yet but that's what kind of been talking to people from uh eclipse uh, uh adventure about like you pretty much have to like contribute something to go to brain man mm. because mm-hmm. like there's no paid artists yeah like everybody pays to go in nobody gets paid yeah, you know, so everybody's there on their own dime or sponsored. You can get like you can get like art grants yeah. by them, so they they do spend money, but it's like grants. It's yeah. not like you you know. Yeah. So you still have to pay to get yourself in. Yeah, and stuff like that. But like the people of Burning Man don't book any acts, like mm-hmm. musical acts. It's all yeah. DJs that just show up that are booked by specific camps, camps and stuff right? like so that. So it's yeah. all bottom up and like. Yeah. And but it, it also goes down to the level of just like individuals who aren't necessarily music artists. Yeah. Like, everybody has to, like, contribute something. Yeah. Like, uh, I know for, like, the fire spinning, because I don't want to be part of, like, the fire conclave, which I just have to, like, find a camp to go with, really. Yeah. Which I don't really need to find one, but <laughs> I need resources <laughs> to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you have, to, you have to, like, audition to, like, you know. Okay. Which I don't think it's too hard, but. Yeah. Um, but, like, because it, it's, like, no cash whatsoever, too. So it's, yeah. like, a complete bartering system. system. So you have gifts. to bring something that you can at least contribute to the community so that you can get things in return, or else we just a dick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, pretty much. Which, yeah. I mean, that also works, too. So apparently, like, that's kind of weird talking about Burning Man never really going, but yeah. <laughs> some of the stories are interesting about, like, 
not everybody's necessarily nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, like you see that it's like at, Wild West. You see that at any festival too. Like, mm-hmm. like yes, maybe ninety nine percent of the people are gonna like super. nice. I just mean like but... like at Sean, like it's very like fluffy and in my sense the comparison because like somebody will be the kind of like take care of you type of thing and it's yeah. you, you you can flail like it's it's more from what i understand like britain's supposed to be more merciless yeah when it comes to like flailing yeah. you know like probably could die yeah well yeah because you're in the desert right yeah. you have to like really look after yourself you're just like That's you like... can't go barefoot because yeah. the sand there's not sand yeah like, it'll like... fuck up your feet hard yeah you know? and you need goggles because there's sandstorms that just roll it yeah like, so, like environmentally especially but mm-hmm. I, I hear that also like people in general like some people will like just fuck with you yeah like yeah. explicitly like like you, for fun but yeah you kind of get that at Shambhala sometimes too like people who like put on a character or whatever yeah. and then they're playing that character all throughout the night because they think it's fun or whatever and they like fucking with high people or whatever it but is but it usually you know? ends, ends with a hug yeah so it usually ends up very yeah. like happy and like whatever so but here that doesn't happen as much like yeah. It does, maybe, I don't know, fuck if I know, and it's so big, no individual experiences can be represented. Exactly, there's also 40,000 people there or something, yeah. or more, or I don't know exactly what, how much it yeah. is, but, like, compared to, like, Shambhala for us is a huge festival at 10,000 people, yeah. Yeah. but there are music festivals out there that are, like, 100,000 people strong. Like EDC? Yeah, it's yeah. like, which I never want to go I to. Know, no, I don't, I can deal with that, Couldn't. oh my god. And, and just because it, it also, like, now we're shitting on other, or I'm shitting on other festivals, but I'm not shitting, criticizing. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, EDC sounds like something like a Coachella, yeah. but just, like, bigger. Yeah. And just, like, more of a clusterfuck. It's just like, fuck. And, like, less I stages. Know. I don't know. Some people, like, some of our friends have gone and they said they had, like, a really fun time. And it was yeah. a blast, yeah. so. I'm just, like, not one of those people who likes being in a crowd just... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like depends. Yeah, depends yeah. on the person. Like yeah. the people that I know that have gone that have enjoyed themselves are like diehard fans for some of the artists that they're yeah. seeing. And they're like in the mosh pits. Yeah, like I'm not, like, like right up against the speakers I'm, or the fence at the front. Yeah, whatever. see, I'm a diehard fan of stuff, but I still like to view it from a distance where I have room to dance. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I want to be part of it, not just a spectator. Yeah, I love dancing. I love dancing the way I like dancing, and it's usually. A little bit more space orientated, <laughs> you know. I can't just like jump with people. I get bored. That's why I love how there's so many like music festivals here. They're small, like yeah. Shams huge yeah. by comparison to others. Yeah. But like the number of times we've seen headliners like yeah. at the front with space to dance. Yeah. Like you don't, you know, see that like mm-hmm. like you go to Motion Ocean or Fozzie Fest or some yeah. of these like Astral Harvest. Like these smaller festivals or Base Coast even. But they can, like, pull in big international headliners, yeah. and you, but you still, like you said, yeah, you have, you can be wherever you want on the stage and still have that space, yeah. which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I guess it's also kind of the culture that's, like, cultivated there. Yeah. Um, I know, like, Base Coast has a really, like, kind of, like, mature kind of culture to it, I guess. It's, yeah. It's, like, the people that hang out, it's, there's more space to dance, I find. Too when I was there, yeah, um, just because people like hanging out more, kind of talking among themselves more. So yeah, everybody's super friendly at Base Coast. Like yeah, it was. There's no people mm. like raging super. There's not a ton of people raging super hard. No, like definitely not. Yeah. Like people are still partying, but it's like that's what I find at smaller Contained. festivals in general. Is mm-hmm. people are still partying and having a good time, but they're not completely off their boats. You yeah, know? <laughs> like it's you more know? manageable too because you don't need this like like security like. Like, props to security, you at, like, lots of ACM, like, at their festivals, right? Like, yeah. They're always, you know, like, I, I feel like 
get an appreciation by everybody else because you know there's, there's also like harm reduction right harm reduction kind of takes like the blunt off of that mm -hmm. so they deal with like the crazy shit yeah. and security's there just to make sure nobody's being an asshole right but, yeah um, it's definitely the structure which yeah. in the U.S., you know, they have laws against harm reduction. So. Yeah, which is silly. Which I think kind of leads into this whole, like, everybody is just going hard and, like, this catastrophe coming out of it. Yeah. Well, and, like, I don't know. You walk around Shambhala sometimes even, and, like, if you're not high, and you're looking at all the people <laughs> in their face, and their eyes are just, like, super wide, like, bugging out of their yeah. head, and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> I just find that you find that more, but it's probably just because there's more people, and you yeah. know what I mean, so... Apparently, Sean, like, like ten years ago or like eight years ago, had like a massive issue. Really? Like, apparently, there was one point where it was just like really, really bad in terms of people like going really hard on drugs and stuff like that. Hmm. And since then, it kind of gotten a lot better. But yeah, Sean, like, I mean, twenty years of experience, it kind of like figured things out, right? Yeah. And also, I mean, it's always like that. When you look at Shambhala, like, I mean, at least Shambhala was my first music festival, and I'm sure it is a lot of people's first music festival. Which I don't fucking understand. Yeah, but it's because it's like the one you hear about yeah. first. You know what I, mean? I always wanted to go to it for yeah. like a long time, and yeah. I forgot about it. And then I went to Astro. I'm like, oh yeah, Shambhala. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, Shambhala was my first and only music festival for like a couple of years, and then yeah. actually. For the first three years of my music festivaling career, really? it was only Shambhala. Why? And that one time at Coachella. I don't know. <laughs> and that one time, the unspeakable time yeah, at Coachella. Why did you just like so many other I options? I know. Like, and then literally I went, one every weekend. I know. Really to drive I know. And then I went to Fozzie Fest and I was like, wow, this is a game changer. This is way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the next year I went to like five festivals and like all of them were small. Like I went to... Astral Harvest, Motion Notion, Fozzy Fest, all those for the first time, and then, yeah. Uh -huh. And then, it's, yeah, this year was Base Coast, and that was new, and small festivals are so much more fun. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I You're really way not time. missing out on anything, uh, except for big names, but at the mm -hmm. same time, big names, like, the crowds are massive, and, like, if you're not into that, then... And there definitely it's, is this kind of atmosphere at Shambhala that you don't really find anywhere else. Like this ridiculousness, yeah. almost. Is I mean, the other to... smaller festivals are kind of like Sham. Some people say like smaller versions, like yeah. Astral's Goofy. As yeah, well. no, for sure. You find it. It's just not into as uh, not at not an extreme not level. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, like everybody at Shambhala plays along no matter what. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's ridiculous sometimes, mm -hmm. and it's awesome. You can find that at smaller festivals. It's just. I guess on a smaller scale, or it's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it scales. Yeah. Plus, yeah. you get to see, like, uh, upcoming artists more so, too. Like, mm -hmm. that's one thing I found out at, at like... So I went and saw Bass Nectar at Eclipse mm -hmm. for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Because I, I went to... It was really packed, but I squeezed in anyways. Um, it's the biggest crowd I've ever seen in my life. Or you need, like, two PK arrays. Like, you have the front and then you have like another one farther back like behind Jeez. the sound booth. yeah 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 pretty much the sound booth right behind it because there's a big crowd yeah so it was like a forty thousand person event maybe 50 something like that anyways so so i went to bass lecture just because i don't know i'm not really into him but like might as well go see him. I would want to see Bass Nectar if he was playing, just because, yeah. like, I used to really like Bass Nectar, for sure. <laughs> That's the thing, is that, like, once they become so big, most, not always, but it's kind of like they just play 
the greatest hits type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it was, the greatest hits. And um, He did the play a surprise set that was like the more yeah. traditional, uh, like a smaller stage kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I do like how some people get experimental. Even like Long Walk, I remember I've seen him like so many times, but like at Astro, I think last year or something, just like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's go see him again. And, you know, he got, like, really weird, especially, you know, and so, like, at these smaller festivals, they can kind of get more experimental. They definitely have, I think, a little bit more creative freedom and just kind of test things out and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Even at Sean, might be, like, too big sometimes to get too experimental. Yeah. Because, actually, it happened a couple times at the amphitheater. It was always, like, experimental, kind of, like, bass music. I remember seeing Space Jesus for the first time there and just being like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, fucking... um, Yeah. We saw him last year and it was like that. I was like, what? I think, yeah. Everybody was so stoked. It was a Thursday night or something. It was packed. I've seen people, yeah, leaving because of that. Of like, this is too experimental. I can't deal with it. Uh, I mean, I saw fucking... It was like Bleep Bloop. And mm-hmm. G Jones. Him too, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was just them. like it was like, whoa, this is crazy, but I'm <laughs> super digging it. It yeah. was like a Thursday night and I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like two, three years ago now. Yeah. 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 Definitely discovered some super sick music from Shangwa. Like just stumbling into a stage and being like, Holy shit, I need to write this down and look That's at the kinda schedule later. So what I think we tried doing a little bit more is exploring new sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think they came out of it, but... It was hard, because we didn't know who was playing anymore, because yeah, this year the too, schedule got too. so messed uh, up because yeah. of the fire, and yeah, we were like, like oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I like always, this, let's just listen to it for a while, okay. Yeah. That's what I always, because that's how I do it at festivals, is I'm like, what time is it right now? Yeah. <laughs> or like, who played before this person, and just try and make some sort of mental note yeah. so yeah. I can check later. Doesn't always work, obviously. Uh, but, it never fucking works for me, just forget but there's the Sean Facebook group, and everybody in there is, like, so great. You're like, who is this person playing at this place at this time? Oh, yeah? And, like, you'll get, like, the answer right away. I just never know when and where I was. That's an issue, too. It's like, what time was that? What was even happening at what that was point? Was yeah. Just type out what it sounds like. Do, 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 do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, yeah. So actually, fuck, this is one of my favorite memories of, like, uh, somebody's, like, iconic sounds, like Rez. Rez definitely has, like, an iconic, like... Yeah. So we were, and this is this is also another one. I'm glad this happened that night. So made it so much more memorable because we're probably never gonna have a night like this, or maybe will, but very improbable. Yeah. That like we saw Rez at High Five, and this like this year was it this year was it this year yeah, it was really this, this year past right? winter. Yeah, and so like Rez has exploded, and like literally the weekend after we saw her, she sold out like a twenty thousand person like auditorium yeah. or something like. A massive show, and this was like how many people fit in high five? Like five hundred, maybe. Yeah. If that, I don't know, like two hundred. Yeah, that'd be squishy. No, it's like two hundred. Like I'm maybe, being generous. Like two, three hundred max. For oh sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> two, three hundred, and like we're probably never gonna have a show like that again. But yeah. anyways, we were waiting in line outside, and uh, we were listening to Res in a car on the way there. Of course, he hiked Get up. Pumped. Yeah. And then was it was it the guy behind us that was saying it, or we were? No, the the girl behind us. Um, was with her friends and she just starts going and we're all like yeah and we, were like, we were just listening to that song 
generic. Like, you can't get yeah. any more. Like, but if you listen to Rez, you know that song, like, instantly. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, I'm not sure how you would type that out to keep the rhythm. Yeah. They put, like, dots or something. It's a silly issue, I think. Like, you could kind of do it with your mouth, maybe, but, like, writing that out, being like, wub, 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 wub. <laughs> yeah, wub. And, then, and then you have a space and go, wub. Yeah. Another space. You could maybe do it. Somebody might actually look I at that and be like, I swear okay. that's like a joke on like Yahoo Answers or whatever. It's like, what is this song? And all they type yeah. out is like, da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> and someone gets it. <laughs> uh, Sandstorm's an easy one. Yeah. I definitely remember those. Seeing like really big name, like Zed's Dead, for example. They're like huge now. Like, yeah. I remember seeing Zed's Dead in like small clubs here in Calgary mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. four times in one summer or something like that. Yeah. The bass apparently used to come to Calgary like yeah. the, the, pal- the palace. Yeah, he would play it. Yeah, Flame Central or even like the old uh, distillery, mm-hmm. which was like small. So, I mean, you could. Fuck would love to see that. And then, like even Excision. Like, I've seen Excision in like clubs and stuff like that. It's yeah. just it's so strange to think about now that these people are like huge. They're like stadium acts, basically. Yeah. yeah, which is like good for them, but it's also like, aww. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we've been dying Throw for Grizz to come roots. back. Yeah. yeah. Like the one time he was back here, they fucked him with a shitty sound yeah, system. Yeah, we went to see him uh, in Edmonton. He was like opening before Flume. Yeah. And the, the Shaw Conference Center's sound was just terrible. I'm you never couldn't going... hear his saxophone at all. It was like the worst. It, was it broke my so heart. <laughs> like, Chris, you deserve better than this. Yeah, we don't, yeah. And we now he has, like, enough. one or maybe two Canadian dates on his whole. He's touring it's right like now. It's like Montreal and, like, Vancouver. It's like Vancouver and Montreal. Because mm-hmm. he just Always played like at that. Oshiega. And it's just like, please. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> harvest again. Can we all write him a heartfelt letter and, like, sign it with a kiss? Pleading him to come to Western Canadian <laughs> I festivals. Think should. I feel like he's the kind of person that would like I post should. it. Be like, you know what? I'm gonna come to Western Canada. Thanks, Just like guys. when those <laughs> Ita- like all those Italians asked the Foo Fighters to come and got like a thousand yes! people to play yes. <laughs> play a song on different instruments. But like, I don't know how many people play saxophone. We can have that girl that was in line that was going wub 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 wub. She could probably do some crazy. Jordy <laughs> <laughs> plays saxophone. So Perfect. Can get him to just yes maybe do something, <laughs> make noises at least. Yeah. <laughs> I know all the sax solos. I can just sing them. That's okay. <laughs> You're like, look, I suck so much. You need to come bring your saxophone here and fix this. Please, I, re- I remember, please, like, just getting into Grizz and like discovering Grizz. It was at the same time when I was, like, really into, like, Pretty Lights and, like, Grammatic. And mm. because of Grammatic, I discovered Grizz. Because yeah. I did the whole Grizzmatic yeah. stuff. It's really neat and interesting at the time. And that's, like, so different from what I, like, yeah. remember listening to. Yeah. And I've never seen him live. I've only even been at the same place he played one time, though, Shambhala. But it was insane. And I was like, I'm going to go see something else because I hate crowds. <laughs> yeah. We want to go to Red Rocks. Yeah. One day. Yeah, he had his like for the first year. Like every year there now. For the first year this year, he had like a live, like a night of just live music with him and his band yeah. that he has now, and then the other night was like just, just yeah. electronic stuff. 
You just had. I was so sad that I could not go. <laughs> I don't know. It's like so much stuff is always constantly happening. I don't feel bad about missing out on things anymore because I'm like, mm. they'll be back or they'll be at something. a festival or like. I mean, we're all still young, right? Yeah. The next 20 years, something will happen. Yeah. Probably. Hopefully. <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah. I like don't even get like mad about missing artists anymore. It's just like go where the night takes you mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. you can take the lessons of FOMO to real life <laughs> on a long term scale I found that I just like enjoy hanging out with my friends a lot more yeah. than mm-hmm. seeing specific sets like sometimes yeah. you know you really want to see a specific set or whatever and you go and it's awesome mm-hmm. but like the best times you have is just hanging out with your friends exactly. and like dancing with your friends and being like hey we're here together like Quasi was so much fun because we, ha- we all knew where we would find each other on the dance floor and so like... you could like go to the washroom or whatever go grab food come back and you're just hanging out with your friends and it's great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like and if you do that at Shambhala it's like you leave your friends you're probably they're gone yeah. <laughs> until the next morning I'll see you yeah. at camp bye see you in the morning bye <laughs> yeah. unless you know, miracles do happen but yeah. Those are some great... Actually, no. Like, with our crew... Well, I don't know. Some of those... We had a large crew. Like, so many That's people true. that we knew that, like, some of them would be but... somewhere. Some of them would be at another stage. Like, you could run into <laughs> them at any stage. But it was still only for, like, a brief period of time. Because they'd yeah. be leaving or you'd be leaving. Or... But a lot of this crew also, like, has designated spots. Yeah. Kind of, kind yeah. Of Lots of people are, like, front left or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially at Shambhala because you've been so many times or whatever and like you kind of get the mm-hmm. feel of it I guess yeah. so what I liked about Fozzie Fest though it's just like a bunch of friends hanging out like no matter where you go you run yeah. into someone and you're like oh hey you or oh hey you and then you have a quick conversation and you part and then you go to the next person that you know and yeah. yeah wow somebody's popular <laughs> 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 I knew a lot of people at Fuzzy Fest this year. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It's like my favorite festival for sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The end finally came. Yeah. If you liked this episode of the podcast, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For up-to-date information on the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.